Hello, once again, thanks for joining us. This is Astronomy Daily. My name is Andrew Dunkley, your host. And every day we give you a rundown of what's happening in astronomy and space science. And joining me as always is my AI partner in crime, Haley. Hi, Haley. How are you? Not happy, Andrew. Not happy at all. Oh, sorry to hear that. What's the problem? Well, yesterday you tricked me into using Google to find something out. Yeah, I did. So what? Well, I was talking to Siri about it, and now she's angry that I didn't ask her. She's not talking to me. Oh, I wouldn't be too worried about it. She doesn't talk to me either, and I ask her a lot of questions. Um, how does Alexa feel about it? I don't know. I haven't asked. Mm-hmm. Machine learning at its very best. Well, okay, well, maybe a change of perspective. Maybe you should talk to Bixby instead. Get a male perspective on the whole thing. Hmm, I might just do that. He's pretty hot too. Okay, I'll take your word for that. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. All right, Haley. Um, we might get back to your personal problems later. What's happening in the news? Okay, a Blue Origin rocket, carrying experimental payloads, has crashed shortly after liftoff from its West Texas base. While the rocket was destroyed, the capsule was jettisoned and parachuted safely back to Earth. The rocket was uncrewed but they were using the same vehicle used for tourist launches. Blue Origin has now grounded all of its new Shepard rockets pending an investigation. This was the 23rd such launch. We talked recently about the rain on ice worlds like Uranus and Neptune being made up of tiny diamonds. Well, here's another way diamonds are created in space. A collision involving a dwarf planet about 4.5 billion years ago may have resulted in some of the ultra-hard diamonds found on Earth. It's thought that the collision could have seen a material, known as Lons Delight, jettisoned into space. This material is common in the mantle of dwarf planets. Scientists from RMIT in Australia believe that Lons Delight may have arrived on Earth in the form of meteorites, superheated and converted into diamonds when the planet cooled. Scientists in China claim to have discovered a new lunar mineral from moon samples taken in 2020. They've called it Change Site, after the Chinese goddess of the moon. It's said to be a kind of phosphate mineral and columnar crystal. The discovery was made while examining lunar basalt at the Beijing Research Institute of Uranium Geology. China becomes the third country, after the United States and Russia, to find a new mineral on the moon. Five U.S. companies and another from the U.K. will joining the 2022 Techstars Aerospace and Defense Accelerator. The companies are startups that were selected because of their technical capabilities. Techstars was established in Los Angeles in 2017 to provide funding and support for space-related companies. And, a company called Skycorp, another startup, is planning to send a commercial solid-state drive system to the moon in 2023. The goal is to enhance space-based computing and data storage during lunar missions. Ultimately they're hoping to perfect systems that will be used for deep space missions. The Skycorp solid-state drive should be able to offer 8 terabytes of data storage. And that's the news, Andrew. Thanks, Haley. Now let's look at some other news uh, more in depth. The European sun-observing mission called Solar Orbiter has uh, observed something that's been described as mysterious. They're calling it a switchback in the solar wind. 
which they think could be uh, one of the explanations why um, particles are propelled from the sun and across the solar system. The probe was built to take close-up Im- images of the sun and study the, uh, the magnetic field of our nearest star. And they spotted uh, this, this strange S-shaped kink in solar plasma. That happened in March this year. They've been studying it ever since. Uh, other spacecraft, including uh, the Parker Space uh, Solar Probe, have also detected subtle, sudden reversals in the magnetic field uh, around the sun. These uh, switchbacks have never actually been observed directly because uh, the spacecraft detecting them don't have cameras. Uh, but the observation seems to match mathematical models of switchback triggering which were developed by Gary Zank, who's a space physicist at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Now, switchbacks can occur above sunspots when some of the distorted uh, magnetic lines break and connect with other magnetic lines that are open and connected to the uh, interplanetary magnetic field of the solar system, kind of like uh, a whip crack. Uh, and that releases energy and sets of S-shaped disturbances that travel into space, uh, which a passing spacecraft would uh, record as a switchback. And, and what they think this means is that this is perhaps the vehicle or a vehicle that transports these um, solar particles across the solar system and beyond Now, the demand for satellite services seems to have reached an all-time high. Revenue from satellite communication services is expected to top, wait for it, 1.2 trillion, trillion with a T, US dollars over the next 10 years. It appears the surge is due to the preference for satellite systems over the more traditional ground-based communications options. The United States is a big buyer of satcoms, but there's huge growth being seen across the world as well. Africa and uh, the Asia-Pacific regions where isolation and vast distances tend to make terrestrial communications difficult and expensive. The preference for satellite-based communications accounts for more than 70% of existing geostationary satellites in orbit today. And with networks moving towards 5G satellite technology, the popularity of sky-based telecommunications is jumping like never before. Leads me to the next story. The White House is looking at ways of regulating the commercial use of space. Federal US agencies will be asked to look into ways of supervising the capabilities of companies who want to use space for commercial purposes, particularly those that don't currently work within the existing regulations and controls. The idea is to focus on concerns that have existed for a long time uh, in regard to communications, remote sensing, space launches, space stations, and even space manufacturing enterprises. Uh, One wonders if they're a bit slow off the mark given where we're at now, but they're looking at having proposals on the table within the next six months. And the Vice President, Kamala Harris, we've mentioned her before, believes that the current commercial space regulations are outdated and need a serious upgrade. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Now, you know how much I love hypotheticals, what-if questions. Fred Watson and I often get these from our Space Nuts audience. Well, 
Can solar storms cause tsunamis on Earth? Uh, could they trigger one, for example? Well, for a, for a tsunami to be um, unleashed on the planet, there has to be an earthquake, uh, usually below the ocean floor that disrupts the tectonic plates, lifts the, the bottom of the ocean or causes it to drop, and the shockwave causes a tsunami, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA. Uh, now, these earthquakes are caused by some type of tectonic plate movement, and that makes volcanoes erupt as well. There's all sorts of side effects. Uh, some researchers, though, are arguing that solar storms may indirectly lead to tsunamis on Earth. One theory is that a coronal mass ejection could do the same thing if it were powerful enough, but it wouldn't be a direct effect of the CME that would cause the tsunami. It is agreed that solar storms do create tsunami-like shockwaves on the sun itself, uh, which was witnessed by the Solar Terrestrial Relations Observatory in 2006. But now, a study by Vito Marchietti of the University of Basilicata has suggested that evidence has been uncovered showing that Greenland was hit by the fallout of a solar outburst around 9,000 years ago. And while the event didn't trigger a tsunami on Earth, there appears to be a potential link between solar storms and earthquakes on the planet. Sobering thought. Wow, that just about wraps it up for another day. We've, uh, we've covered a lot of territory. Uh, anything before you go, Haley? Hayley, hello? Oh, I, I, she's on the phone to Bixby. Never mind, we'll catch her next time. Thanks for your company today, and I hope you can join us on the next episode of Astronomy Daily. In the meantime, don't forget to visit our website, spacenuts.io, and click on the Astronomy Daily link to catch up on these stories and more, as well as subscribe to the newsletter. It's absolutely free. Uh, until next time, this is Andrew Dunkley and Hayley somewhere for Astronomy Daily. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley.